This morning we're allowed to hear God's word as it comes to us from Psalm 84. So let's read Psalm 84 together and also be the entire psalm, also be the text for the sermon. Psalm 84. To the chief musician on the instrument of Gath, a psalm of the sons of Korah. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring, and rain, the rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. O God, Behold your shield, and look, on the, look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. So far, God's word. Dear brothers and sisters, they say home is where the heart is. So if you could live wherever you wanted, where would you live? Would you want to live in a luxurious apartment in the middle of Toronto? Or would you want a log cabin next to a lake in the woods? Acres of fertile farmland? Or a family home with a big yard? What sort of place would speak to your heart? I'm sure that one of the first things that popped up into your mind is, what about church? Wherever I live, I want to be near a faithful church. Maybe you've even been in a situation where you've had to say no to your dream house. Maybe you've had to say, I would love to live here, but it's too far from church. But what if you could live in church? Today, this doesn't make much sense, but in the Old Testament, there were actually people who lived in the temple day and night. What if you could live in a place where God's people daily met together to worship Him? Imagine if your home was in the rooms built, built, was, was in the rooms built into the walls of a place like Solomon's temples. What if the background sound to your kitchen and to your bedroom was people singing their praises to the Lord? What if you could step out of your bedroom, step out of your kitchen, 
and join the choirs praising God, would that not be a place to live? Would that not be a place where your heart would be? Wouldn't you feel blessed if you could live in the Lord's house? This morning we're going to look at God's Word in Psalm 84 with a theme. Blessed are those who will dwell in the Lord's house. We'll have three points. The desire of the blessed, the strength of the blessed, and the trust of the blessed. Blessed are those who will dwell in the Lord's house. The desire of the blessed. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of my God. Of the Lord, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. This outburst of utter delight in the dwelling place of the Lord is beautiful to read and to sing. Whose heart is not warmed by these lines of praise? These are the words of someone who loves the house of the Lord. These are the words of someone who longs to be there. Now, we do not know the author of this psalm or what occasion caused him to write these words. Was it written during the days of King David who did not set foot in the tabernacle for 17 long years? Was it written in the days of the evil King Ahaz when the temple doors were shut for many years? Or was it written by an elderly priest from the sons of Korah who no longer had the strength to take the journey to God's house? We do not know. But during these times, doesn't this longing hit home? The righteous person delights in the Lord's dwelling place. He thinks it is the loveliest of places. There the Lord lives surrounded by His hosts. In the tabernacle, the ark represented God's presence. Surrounding the ark were cherubim, bodyguard angels. There were two on top of the ark, and the curtains and the veil had cherubim worked into them. A picture of the Lord of hosts, present in the midst of His people, surrounded by His angels, by His hosts, a mighty army of angels praising God. The tabernacle was an image of heaven on earth. The temple that Solomon built had the same motifs, but at a much grander scale. Two towering gold cherubim, almost two stories high, each with a five-meter windspan, stood over the ark. The walls were overlaid with gold and had cherubim carved into them. This was the house of the Lord. And the psalmist longs to be in the court surrounding the Lord's house. Who could imagine a better place than the dwelling of the Lord of hosts? At the very thought of it, the psalmist's heart and flesh cry out for the living God. The psalmist thinks about the birds that make their home in the house of the Lord. The sparrows and swallows were everyday birds, nothing special. And yet, they were daily in the Lord's house. They had free access to the temple grounds. They could fly around the Lord's house all day long. 
They could even raise their young in God's house. The fact that the author mentions altars in the plural suggests that they could even fly into the holy place. That's where the second altar, the altar of incense stood, just in front of the curtain, separating it from the ark. This was a place reserved for the priests. And these birds were living in the presence of the Lord of hosts, the King of kings, the holy God. How privileged these birds were. Who could imagine a better home? Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are still, they still, they are still be singing your praises. The psalmist bursts out in his first of three blessings. How blessed, how happy are those who live in God's house, always praising Him. The birds live in God's house day and night, praising Him with their songs. And when the temple was built, the temple singers lived in God's house day and night. The temple had three stories of rooms built around the outside. These were not used for not, used for not only storage, but also for living. And the temple singers were to live in these chambers as they were on duty day and night to bring praise to God. This included the sons of Korah in the title of the song. You can imagine the sons of Korah singing this psalm in the temple courts, saying, yes, we are blessed. The desire to be in God's house brings to mind the account of Jesus as a young boy of 12 years old when he was left behind in Jerusalem. His parents were on their way home, assuming that he was somewhere in the crowd. When his parents realized that he was not with the rest of the group, they rushed back to Jerusalem and spent three long days trying to find him. And when they finally found him in the temple, Jesus' response was, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Where else would they expect him to be? Didn't they know where his heart was? And at the same time, Jesus came in order to give us full access to his father's house. Until that time, only the high priest was allowed in the holy place. And not only one time a year, and only with blood. But Jesus came as the high priest. He sacrificed himself for us, and having shed his blood for us, the curtain limiting access to the holy place was torn in two. Christ had cleansed his people, and they could again have full access to God. After this, there would be a different temple. Because of Jesus' work, God's people would be temples of the Holy Spirit. Instead of living in temples of stone, God would live in their hearts. Today, we are being built together as a spiritual house for the Lord. Because of Christ's work, we are being built together in preparation for the day of His return when we will dwell with Him forever on the new earth. Then we will be perfectly happy, perfectly blessed. 
There is only one place where happiness, blessedness can be found in the Lord's presence. But we do not have to wait until the next life to start to enjoy this blessing. Already today, we no longer need to go to a building to come before the Lord. God dwells in us with His Holy Spirit. Like the birds of the temple, we can come into God's presence whenever we want. Like the temple singers, we are always in God's house. Is that not a wonderful reality? On this earth, we also may have a foretaste of perfect blessedness when we meet together with God's people. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Whenever we meet together as God's people, we meet in the Lord's presence. Today, government regulations in response to the coronavirus limits our gathering together, but it does not stop it. Note that Jesus speaks about two or three being gathered together. While it's our heart's desire to meet together by the hundreds, we are currently limited to meeting in our households. Yet, we still meet in God's presence. While we may, we may be split over a hundred homes, each of our households is worshiping in the presence of the Lord. In that way, we are still worshiping together. At the same time, these times can also result in the temptation to become slack in coming together to worship our Lord. Brothers and sisters, let it always be our heart's desire to worship our Lord together, to meet together with God's people, to praise Him together, to encourage one another. These are blessed opportunities to dwell together in God's presence. They are important opportunities. Let us not give in to the temptation to become slack in getting together. Instead, let us pray all the more earnestly for a heartfelt longing to meet together in the Lord's house, both now and forever. That brings us to our second point. The strength of the blessed. The psalmist goes from one blessing to the next. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. It is not the self-sufficient who are blessed, that are happy, but it is those who rely on the Lord of hosts for strength. Their hearts are set on going to the Lord. That's the meaning of whose heart is set on pilgrimage. They are focused on going to the house of the Lord. That is where they will get strength. And for Old Testament Israel, that meant traveling the highways to Jerusalem, to Zion, where God's temple stood. The blessed are eager to start traveling towards Zion. Their hearts are set on pilgrimage. The blessed are eager to get going to the house of the Lord in order to be strengthened. But it's not an easy route. The psalmist describes a journey as, with, as they pass through the valley of Baca. We do not know where this valley is. It's not mentioned anywhere else in Scripture. But Psalm 48 pictures the valley of Baca as a dry valley. 
on this dry and difficult way to the Lord's house, His people depend on the Lord for strength. They make it a spring. They rely on God for strength. And instead of being crushed by the hard times, they are spiritually nourished by the trials they face. Each time of difficulty becomes a time of strengthening, a place of refreshment, nourishment, life. In addition to that, the rains also cover it with pools. Not only do God's people make the valley a place of springs, God also provides them rain to make pools for them. The rains, or more specifically the early rains, were the first rains after the warm, dry summer. This was also when all God's people would go up to Jerusalem for the Feast of Booths. Imagine the early rains filling the pools in the valleys. As the people traveled on the road to Zion, they would stop at these pools for refreshment and strength. And going from strength to strength, God's people, every single one of them, would arrive before God in Zion. And when they arrived in Zion, the Feast of Booths would remind them of the wilderness journey. For 40 years, Israel dwelt in booths, and the God provided for His people. At the, time, it was, at the same time, it was also a celebration of harvest, a bit like our Thanksgiving. It was a time when God's people were reminded that the source of all their daily needs, the source of all their strength, was the Lord. It was a great feast that spiritually nourished God's people on the way to the eternal Zion. Reminded of the pilgrims on the way to the feast, the psalmist now turns to God. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. God's people pray to the Lord of hosts. He is over the armies of heaven. He is the only source of strength. The Lord's people call to the God of Jacob. He is the covenant God. He will faith, be faithful to His covenant promises. Our Lord Jesus, when He ascended, was given authority over all things. He is the authority over the armies of heaven. And even today, He uses them to protect His church. While the way to the new Jerusalem is tough, and there are many dangers on the way, we can call on the Lord to provide protection on the way. When we are worried about the church, wondering if God's people will ever be able to survive the journey, wondering if we will ever be able to keep the faith, remember that the God of Jacob is faithful. We can call on our covenant God, knowing that He is both willing and able to help us on this journey. And by His strength, the church will reach the new Jerusalem. On our journey to Zion, to the eternal Zion, each of us needs to seek our strength in the Lord. We cannot bear the hardships of this life of sin alone. We need to be strengthened by the Lord when we face fierce battles against sin and doubt. We need to go to Him in prayer.
Only then will these difficult times become springs which strengthen us. And during our entire journey, we need to be strengthened by the word and sacraments, the pools provided by God on the journey. We cannot neglect coming together to worship. Whether we are only able to meet together in households or whether we are able to meet together by the hundred, when we rely on the Lord for strength, we will go from strength to strength until we finally reach the heavenly Zion. When we depend on the Lord for strength, then we will be blessed. Then we will be happy both in this life and in the next. That brings us to our third point, the trust of the blessed. By prayer, we show that on our journey to salvation, we trust in God to provide. That is why the psalmist cries out to God, O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. God's people were always being attacked. Even when the nations around them left them at peace, Satan never stopped attacking them. And the king, the anointed one, was the prime target. If the king could be turned away from, from God, the people soon followed. When the king strayed, the people quickly turned from the courts of God's house into the tents of wickedness. So the psalmist calls on God to be their shield, or to look at their shield, to help his people defend against the attack, the satanic attack on his anointed. Who else would God's people turn to for help? And why does the psalmist call for help? From selfish desire? No. We next hear the reason for his request. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. He who calls on God for help because he wants to be in the house of the Lord. The psalmist is not after long life. He would trade a thousand days elsewhere for just one day in the courts of God's house. He wanted to be in God's courts in order to praise Him, even for just one day. It is this longing, this priority that causes the psalmist to call on God for help. The psalmist would even be happy to just be a doorkeeper to the house of the Lord. Someone who stood at the outer extremities of God's house, barely in it, even that would be better than a thousand days elsewhere. The tents of wickedness may advertise themselves as the place to be, but they are only temporary. God's house, on the other hand, is permanent, eternal. It's good here to pause and appreciate and apply the irony we now find in this psalm. The irony of it that these words were written to be sung by those who would live in the temple chambers, the sons of Korah. 
And at the same time as these sons of Korah were singing these words in the temple courts, there was a second group of the sons of Korah who were doorkeepers to the house of the Lord. Those who were allowed to live in the temple itself would be singing that it would be better to be a doorkeeper than to be elsewhere for a thousand days. To apply it to today's situation, it would be like those here in the auditorium singing, they would rather spend one day standing outside listening at the windows or one Sunday live streaming than be in the casinos for a thousand days. It is better to spend one day barely in God's house than to be elsewhere for a thousand days. As we face a time of limited communal worship, let us learn to love even the fringes of the worship services. Yes, we all long to be in the courts, in the middle of it all. But while we are refrained from doing so, let us both yearn for greater access and rejoice in what access we have. And in his desire to be even a doorkeeper in God's house, the psalmist trusted in God to provide. As he calls on him for help to behold our shield, he also confesses that the Lord God is the Son and shield. He is the one who causes the sun to shine on his people. He is the one who defends his people. The Lord is the one who will give grace and glory. Grace comes from God alone. Glory, eternal glory, comes from God alone. And the psalmist trusts in God's ability to help. The psalmist also trusts that the Lord will help. No good, no good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. Our God is the covenant God of Jacob. Those who walk uprightly, those who do not break His covenant, can be assured that God will give them every good thing. All that is needed to get to Zion will be provided for them. And because his people trust in God, they can have joy in this life and can be guaranteed joy in the next life. And therefore, the psalmist ends the psalm with the third blessing. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the blessed one, put his trust in the Father. While he prayed in the garden, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. At the same time he prayed, Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He trusted that his Father would provide all that is good. Likewise on the cross, while undergoing unimaginable sufferings on our behalf, he never looked for help elsewhere. Even when he knew that the Father had rejected him. While we can trust that God is our Son and our shield, Jesus had to hang there on that cross with the full knowledge that the Father had turned his face away from him. 
for three long hours, the sun did not shine. Yet even though the father had forsaken him, he still called on his father. He still put his trust on his father. And having finished his work, Jesus said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He was allowed into the heavenly Jerusalem, and he is still there today. From heaven he is ruling all things, gathering us into his spiritual house. As our shield, he is defending and preserving us in this spiritual war. And one day, when our enemies have been defeated, we will live with him in eternity. Our Lord Jesus underwent suffering in order that we might never be forsaken. Because of his sufferings, we can call to the Lord, our Lord God with confidence that he will hear us. We can fully trust that in this life of battle, he will be our sun and shield. We can be confident that he will provide us with every good thing on the highway to salvation. At the moment we are restricted in coming together to worship, we long to be able to all come together. We worry about how this will affect the spiritual well-being of the church. But as we pray to God, longing for the time when we can all worship together, we can trust that God will give us all that we need to reach the heavenly Zion. He has already given us His Son. He will also give us every good thing. He will ensure that we will reach the heavenly Zion we so desire. As the Lord's people, we earnestly desire to live with Him. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Our greatest delight would be to live in God's house in order to praise Him forever. As the Lord's people, we get our spiritual strength from the Lord. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, on whose, heart, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Daily we pray, for him, pray to Him for strength. We long to go to church in order to listen to the words and be strengthened by the sacrament. We long to dwell with Him in eternity. And as God's people, we trust that He will give us all that we need to be able to live with Him, both now and eternally. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Even though we do not have much, as much access to God's house as we would like, we trust that God would one day, will one day welcome us into His eternal home. They say that home is where the heart is. The psalmist had a deep yearning to go to the house of the Lord. That is where his heart was. Let the same be true of us. Blessed are those whose heart is in the house of the Lord. Amen.